when you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. Are you looking for a podcast that brings you all the latest news and analysis on the silver and black? Carr from under center looks downfield, fires deep, complete. Waller's got it. How about interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Vegas Sports Today podcast network. Henry Ruggs, the speed, touchdown, Carr with another bomb. And now your host, Evan Grote. Raider Nation, let's go. Welcome back to Just Pod, baby, part of the Vegas Sports Today podcast network. I am Evan Grote, and welcome to week 18 with the spot in the playoffs on the line for your Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders got it done again. They rallied now to win three straight games. They beat the Colts on the road in Indy. And I'll be honest with you, this is not a game that I thought they were going to win. The defense played well. Derek Carr and the offense made plays when they needed, including on the final drive of the game. And I keep calling it. That play, right? That play to Hunter Renfro, which really was the play that set up the field goal uh, for for Daniel Carlson. I keep calling it the number one play in Derek Carr's career. And I stand by that. It was third and 10, uh, the completion to Renfro. Find me a bigger and a better play by Derek Carr when you consider all the different things that were going on, what was on the line. He had an all-pro defender um, in, in Darius Leonard in his face. He he stepped up. He uh, he evaded the pressure of Leonard. He stepped up. He extended the play with his legs, which is something that I have been, you know, critical of him plenty over his years uh, with the Raiders. But he did uh, he did deal well with the pressure, and he delivered a beautiful ball to Hunter Renfro and Daniel Carlson. As I said, took care of the rest of it as he has done so many times this year, and as he just did a couple weeks ago. Uh, in Cleveland, and it all sets up a huge game uh, with the Los Angeles Chargers also at 9-7 and seven after they had a bounce-back win in Week 17 versus the Broncos after that terrible loss uh, to the Texans. They did have eight players out on the COVID list, but it's all on the line here for both of these teams, uh, pending some other things that could go right. Uh, I'm sure you're well aware of all the scenarios. I'm not going to go over them with you guys because I'm, they're all over the place on Twitter, and I'm sure you guys are well aware. Bottom line is, if they win this game, the Raiders, they're in the playoffs. They control their own destiny. We've got some good news to discuss this week. We've also got some bad news that I want to touch on. Uh, more distractions for this football team this week. Uh, you're well aware of that by now. I'll get you some of my thoughts on that real quick. I don't really want to get too deep into that. Um, it sounds like the team has now moved on from it, so I believe I want to do the same here on the podcast. But I also want to discuss uh, a poll that I I put out there on Twitter about the future of interim coach Rich Passaccia. Do you think he deserves to be brought back? Has he done enough in your eyes? Do the Raiders need to make a playoff? The playoffs. I asked that question this week on uh, on Twitter. And I, I had some some discussions with different people uh, on social media about that. I want to discuss with you guys the results from that poll. Also in segment two, we're going to be joined by our guest this week, Jeff Miller, who covers the Chargers for the LA Times. Jeff and I had a really good discussion. I think you guys will like some of the insight that he provided us with. So make sure you stick around for that in segment number two. But this week, we will begin with some good news. All signs are pointing to the return 
of Darren Waller to the lineup, and that's a good thing for this offense. Hunter Renfro has stepped up tremendously uh, in his absence, uh, putting up some huge numbers uh, while Waller was out. And, and last week we saw Zay Jones. He stepped up really well, had a career game, 100 yards receiving uh, in the game. Uh, but in a game of this magnitude with so much on the line, you need Darren Waller back and Rich Basaccia, um talked about it in his press conferences this week. Um, it does sound like he was out there in a limited fashion on Wednesday uh, as well as Thursday. So they, they it, it, all signs uh, do point to him playing in this game. And I do wonder, though, about his conditioning. I mean, he keeps himself in, in, in tip-top shape. He's a really great athlete, and you can just tell by looking at him that he's a He's a rare specimen, but um, he did have COVID now, you know, in, in addition to the injury, he had COVID and I believe he had to deal with some symptoms um, based on what I was seeing on his um, his Instagram account that he was posting out. Uh, he, he, he wasn't one of those asymptomatic players who tested positive. He had to deal with it. And I'm sure, uh, you know, you, you heard Denzel Perryman uh, talk about what he went through and how he felt winded in the game last week, didn't play the the, the full amount of snaps that he's accustomed to uh, after dealing with COVID as well. So it's just a thought, something that I was I was thinking about. Um, I, I know it's been a, a few days for him uh, now that he's been back, but could end up being a non-issue, but that would be something that I would, would keep an eye on throughout the game is, is how many snaps he's able to play. Um, and then the second point with Waller is, you know, he's coming off the knee injury, Missed five games. How healthy is he? I mean, is he is he fully recovered from this injury, or is he going to be out there 80, 85 percent? Um, very hard to tell from the outside looking in. But based on you know when I think about the length of time that he missed uh, with the injury, it doesn't appear that he's rushing back. I mean, he missed five weeks. That's a that's a pretty lengthy. That's over a month. Um, so I, I can't say that he's rushing back. Um, but either way, he's, it's going to be a welcome sight to have him out there, even if he's um, playing you know, at a lesser uh, capability. Uh, if he's playing at 80%, just having him out there uh, you know, could have a little bit of a decoy uh, effect and, and maybe open up some things for some other guys. Now, the second piece of news that I want to get to uh, is, of course, the news of Nate Hobbs. And I know this is a, a few days old at this point. He was arrested early Monday morning. Um, for DUI, uh, allegedly he was. Uh, it was reported that he was found sleeping at the wheel um, on the exit ramp uh, in a parking garage, and that was uh, from the report uh, by the Las Vegas Metropolitan uh, Police Department. And, and at this point, uh, still very few details that are out there. Um, I know that he's supposed to appear in court in May. Um, not sure if charges will be dropped, or, or, or you know, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not a, a super knowledgeable in, in the in the um, court systems and, and things of that nature, but um, Rich Basaccia uh, did say that you know he expects or he, he plans to have Hobbs play based on the information that they have gathered. Um, so uh, it looks like he will be out there. Now I will be honest with you guys, uh, those of you that follow me on Twitter. When the news came down, I was pretty vocal about my uh, thoughts on, on the matter, and I was—I uh, I, I have to admit—I was—I was a little emotional, right? I was—I—I was—I reacted very emotionally. Um, my initial reaction, I said, I wanted him released. You know, I thought that's what the right thing to do at that point in time was to release him. I have since changed my stance on that. You know, after um, you know 
calming a bit and, and letting things uh, sink in and, and speaking with some other people. In fact, you know, some of you out there on Twitter, um, obviously it would not be fair to, to just go and release a player um, without a, a full investigation and without more details emerging on exactly what happened. You know, I am not, um, as I said, I am not, um, you know, very knowledgeable about laws and, and, the court system and, and legalities and all those types of things, right? I mean, so so that is not my area of expertise. Um, but you know, it's one of those foot in mouth moments where where you know I was heated, and I said something that you know it, it wasn't right. That's for sure. Um, you know, and then I thought, well, maybe he should be benched, right? Maybe maybe miss a quarter, maybe miss two quarters of the game, but. Um, it does sound like uh, Rich Basaccia and, and the Raiders have done their due diligence. They've looked into the matter. Um, they've been in contact with the um, Las Vegas police. And it, from what they have gathered, it sounds like uh, charges may be dropped um, or lessened. So, um, you know, if that, that's good enough for them, then it's going to be good enough for me. Um, you know, I, I still, I still uh, have an issue with... Um, any Raider at this point um, putting themselves in that position um, after they've been drinking. Um, you know, I don't know what his blood alcohol level was. Of course, I don't have any of those details. Nobody does. Um, but, you know, just to put yourself in that position after what has happened with his teammate, Henry Ruggs, you know, there's so many resources available to these players. I saw the Players Associate Association actually put out a message saying that all their members have a uh, membership card and on that card is a 1-800 number where they can call the rideshare services that the NFL provides. So, you know, it's disappointing when you think about that. You you wish there were some, some thought going on before the drinking happened. I understand that you know, your, your, your decision-making is not best after you've been consuming alcohol, but you know, you'd like to see them plan, right? Make, make a plan for, okay, what about at the end of the night? You know, how am I getting home? They shouldn't even be driving their cars down to the strip or, or wherever it is that they're going. So that's my little two cents. I'll get off my soapbox now, but, um, the good news is it sounds like, uh, you know, obviously nobody was hurt. Um, it, it sounds like, Hobbs, um, you know, may have those charges dropped and hopefully the young man is very young. He's 22 years old. Let's, let's be honest. We all made plenty of mistakes when we were that age. Hopefully the young man can learn from it and grow from it. So, uh, that's all I really wanted to say about that. Um, and then the final topic that I wanted to, um, discuss with you guys here in, in this first segment is Rich Bisaccia. Has he done enough to warrant a return as head coach to this team? Getting a win on Sunday, would that be enough? Would that help his case? I think that would certainly help his case if he can get this team into the playoffs, but is it enough in your eyes? Or would it take more than that? Would it take a playoff berth and maybe a win in the playoffs? I mean, how how much do you, how much more do you need to see from Rich Bisaccia before you are fully convinced that he deserves to be the next head coach of this team? Now, I told you guys I posed a poll on Twitter uh, the other day. And with three options. Option number one was, yes, he deserves to be the next head coach of the Raiders. Option number two was, no, he does not deserve it. And option three said, yes, only if they win a playoff game. 
and I got the results. There were about 225 responses, so a small sample size, but it was pretty overwhelming. 57% of you who voted said, no, he should not be the next head coach of this team. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I didn't really know, you know, where people th- uh, stood with this. I think if I had asked this question four weeks ago, I know, but, you know, since the three-game win streak here, I think some people have changed their mind. But pending a, a deep playoff run, I, I do think we will see a, a new coach for the Raiders uh, in 2022. We're going to have plenty of time to discuss all of this. Uh, real quick, it does look like, though, Jim Harbaugh could throw his name into the mix as a possible candidate. I've got to talk to you guys about this real quick. Some news broke this week by Bruce Feldman of The Athletic that sources from both the NFL and the University of Michigan believe that Harbaugh could be tempted to leave his alma mater at Michigan if the right NFL job became available. And and I, I know all of you were all over it this week. It's It's big news. And you have to imagine that the Raiders would make a lot of sense to him. That has to be one of the destinations that he has circled. If there's an NFL job that's available right now, this one has to be uh, an attractive one uh, to him. It's where he got to start as an NFL assistant years ago in, in 2002. He was the quarterback coach for Rich Gannon when they went to the Super Bowl. So I would be all about that if, if that um, option uh, definitely became real. And, and I think he would immediately jump to the top of my list. I mean, I, I can't think of many other guys that I would want more than him, based on some of the names that we've been hearing. I also tweeted it out a couple weeks ago that, you know, I I would hope that the Raiders would avoid going the college football route uh, for their next head coach. Uh, But to me, this is obviously much different because Harbaugh has a track record of success as a former NFL head coach. He's got a 44-19 record in the NFL. He immediately came into the 49ers uh, in 2011, after years and years of losing seasons, uh, the, the 49ers, they hadn't had a playoff uh, appearance since uh, 2002, I believe it was. So he came in and immediately turned that team around, got him to a Super Bowl. He won a Coach of the Year award. Uh, so this guy, uh, unlike some of the other candidates whose name whose names are being tossed around in some of these other uh, head coaching jobs, Eric Bieniemy, Brian Dayball, Kellen Moore, Nathaniel Hackett. You know, these are some of the guys that we're hearing that are going to be candidates for some of these head coaching jobs. Some of those guys, or actually all of those guys, have zero head coaching experience. And, and, and then the other really attractive aspect to bringing in Jim Harbaugh would be if he could somehow get Harbaugh here to Vegas, it's very, very possible that his old pal Vic Fangio would come with him as the DC if he is fired um, you know, by the Broncos in the next week or two as it is expected to happen. Uh, there's been a lot of chatter about him in the last couple of years. Would he survive? And, and having missed the playoffs again, I would think he's, he's definitely on the chopping block. So I would absolutely be doing backflips if that is how it worked out for this team next year. But for now, I will hold off on any further coaching talk. The Raiders have a game to focus on this week, and we're going to do just that When I return from this quick break, we're going to dive into the matchup with the Los Angeles Chargers. Please don't go anywhere. Lots to still do here on Just Pod Baby, part of the Vegas Sports Today podcast network. You're listening to Just Pod Baby, part of the Vegas Sports Today podcast network. Let's go! And now back to your host, Evan Grote. 
it's going to be, you know, a one play at a time mentality, you know, from start to finish. Uh, everything matters. Um, we got to play clean, good football. You know, everyone's going to be out there. It's going to be a blackout um, in Vegas. It's going to be so much fun. So we look forward to it. We don't want to, you know, overthink anything or try to be Superman out there. We just want to do our job and focus on what we got to get done. And there you heard the voice of Pro Bowl defensive end Max Crosby talking about Sunday's game versus the Chargers at Allegiant Stadium. And I like where the mindset is at. One play at a time. Don't try to do too much out there. Just play within yourself. I like I like the mindset, and, and I'm hoping that he's echoing that message in that locker room. Uh, before we bring in our guest this week, uh, real quick, I just want to say thank you to everyone out there um, on Twitter who, who reached out to me. Um, a couple weeks ago, um, I, I, I posted a message saying that um, my wife and I, we had to say goodbye to one of our uh, family dogs who, who's been in our, our lives uh, 15 years. So um, uh, I really appreciate everyone who, who reached out to me with kind words and, and thoughts. Um, and anyone who's out there that has been through it, um, losing a pet, uh, it was my first time. And I can tell you, uh, it was not easy. Um, again, those of you who have dogs, uh, you know that they're like a, a part of the family. So, um, I do appreciate the kind words and, and, you know, it, it really means a lot and it really did help made me feel a lot better about uh, the situation. And so I thank you guys very much for doing that, but let's move on now to the big time game coming up here this Sunday night. It did get moved to primetime an eight twenty game. You guys know how I feel about primetime games. I'm going to have to stay up late here to watch it. It'll be well worth it. Uh, I hope. Um, but you know, it's, it's a big matchup. They met earlier this season in week four. Uh, the chargers did win that game 28, 14 Austin Eckler had a really big game, two touchdowns, one on the ground and one through the air, 116 yards rushing. Uh, he caught a couple passes, um, so he, he's a really good player for them. Obviously you guys know about him Two 1000 yard receivers and, and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Um, Williams had a quiet game, uh, the first time around, I think he only had one catch for like 10 yards. Um, uh, but he's, he's having a career year this season and we all know about Justin Herbert, one of the, the, the top young quarterbacks in this league. Um, I'm interested to see how he responds in this moment, in this big game. I mean, he's been, He's played well all year long, 4,600 yards passing, 35 touchdowns. Um, so he he's a he's a good player, um, and he can hurt you with his legs as well. Um, defensively, you know, they've had some injuries this season. The secondary's been banged up. They're finally back together healthy. Um, Joey Bosa is, is a problem coming off the edge. And speaking of Joey Bosa, um, he's doubling down now on his comments that he made about Derek Carr after the first meeting when he uh, talked about how Carr uh, doesn't like pressure and, and kind of folds uh, when when he's he's hit or, or, or things of that nature, he said. He's doubling down on it. Uh, he came out again um, on, on Wednesday, called him a great competitor, one of the top passers in the league, but did did say, I was just pointing out something that you could easily find out and, and, and see for yourselves by watching tape. So uh, I'm, I'm sure Derek Carr is not happy to hear that Bosa is continuing uh, with that narrative, but but nonetheless, um, you know it should be a great game. Really looking forward to it. Both teams nine and seven. Both teams looking to get a win here to get into the playoffs. There are a few scenarios where uh, if 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 the Raiders should lose, there's a couple other scenarios they would need a lot of help from a couple other teams. Probably unlikely. 
Uh, but that is the case. Um, and now let's go out and, and, and to the phones and, and say hello to our guest this week, Los Angeles Chargers beat writer from the LA Times. Jeff Miller is joining us here on Just Pod Baby. Huge game for these two teams. We really appreciate the time, Jeff, and welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. I mean, yeah, yeah, huge game, about as big as it gets, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this should be a fun game. Yeah, really looking forward to it. And, and Jeff, let, let's dive right into this. Uh, when you look at the Chargers' season, they're currently at nine and seven, like the Raiders. Both teams nine and seven right now. Uh, but there were a couple of points during the year. First, when the Chargers were four and one, and then again when they were eight and five, you thought they might begin to separate themselves a bit from the pack. But it ended up losing the next two games in both of those cases. Now, none of that really matters if they go out there and get the win on Sunday night and get into the playoffs. But why has this team struggled with consistency this team or this this season? Yeah, you said it. It has been a wildly inconsistent team at times, and mostly on defense. They. Uh... They had a really hard time uh, they, on and off. They've had a hard time stopping the run, and they, uh, you know, that cost them uh, some some stuff early on. Um, they had also, you know, after they started four and one, there was a, there was a stretch where they ran into some really good defenses and some really good defensive coaches. And Justin Herbert at times looked confused, and we, he didn't play anywhere near as well as we, we you know, we've seen him play. And it, it was kind of a rough stretch. For a little while, so I, I think part of it was, was that part of it was just they they've had defensive games where they've just really struggled uh, getting off the field. They've been a bad team on third down, and that's cost them uh, repeatedly this season. Where you know they've had games where you know the, the Houston game that was just un- incredible that they lost. That was another one where they they had a really difficult time uh, against the run, difficult time getting off the field on third down and. Really, it's been, I think, those two issues on defense and then just that stretch where, where Justin Herbert was struggling a little bit and just kind of going through, you know, second season, kind of the growing pains of that stuff. And he has emerged from that and is playing much better now. But that that's really been, I think, those probably the main three things that, uh, that led to a couple of those lulls that they've had. Now, the last time these two teams met the Raiders and the Chargers, it was way back in week four, a 28-14 Chargers win. Uh, the Raiders were obviously a much different team, uh, you know, in Week Four, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But, but what about the Chargers? Is there an area where they have shown great improvement since then? And on the flip side of that question, is there an area where they have also taken major steps backwards since then? Well, it, it's funny. I mean, because they they've gotten better against the run. It was really bad early on, and still not great. But that game against the Raiders, they didn't give up anything. I think, if I'm remembering right, uh, Jacobs had just was just coming back, and uh, the Raiders didn't run the ball at all in that game. And that was the one game where the Chargers really, their defense, their run defense really stepped up. It, it, that has gotten better. There's no doubt about that. It's still not great, but it has gotten better. The one area where this team's really improved is, is special teams. They uh, back then they started the season. They were their special teams were terrible, and they. Uh, they were they were contributing to to some of the, some of these problems and these inconsistencies that they had. They've got Andre Roberts now, a veteran a return man who's changed that game completely. Returned to kickoff for a touchdown last week and had a 75 yard touchdown or not a touchdown, but a 75 yard kickoff return against the Chiefs. Uh, really has changed the dynamic uh, in that aspect. And then they they got Dustin Hopkins, another veteran kicker who's who settled on that position a little bit. He hasn't been 
a weapon by any stretch of the imagination. He's not a guy who's kicked a bunch of long field goals, but the field goals he's kicked, he's, he's made them all. He's missed one, one yarder. Um, so he, he, you know, he's settled that down. So they're a much better team on special teams than they were. And that's no longer a, a, a real area of concern. They might just be average, but average for this team and special teams is way better um, than, uh, than what they had been doing. And, and I don't know if there's any area that, you know, that, that loss to Houston, I referenced, they, they were missing a ton of guys because of COVID. All, all those guys are back now. They don't have anybody in the COVID list uh, as of this moment, at least we'll see what happens before this game gets here. But um, there really, I don't think there's any one particular area where you'd say, wow, this is a really concern, big concern. They, they still aren't good on third down. And that would probably be the one thing that if these coaches could change and snap their fingers and make change, you know, immediately make a difference. Uh, it would probably be that they, they just have a hard time getting off the field and they, uh, they're, they've been one of the worst teams all, all season in that regard. And they're, they're still one of the worst teams. Yeah. And you mentioned that the, the first meeting with the Raiders, they did do an excellent job of shutting down the run 18 attempts for the Raiders, only 48 yards. So they did a really nice job there uh, with the run defense in the first meeting. Uh, we're talking to Jeff Miller from the LA times. He is our guest this week on just pod baby. I want to ask you about the offense uh, for Los Angeles sixth in the NFL right now and scoring at 27.6 uh, points a game. And, and they have a bunch of weapons around Justin Herbert, including two 1000 yard receivers, but Austin Eckler, is the guy who concerns me the most in this game. He, he really hurt the Raiders badly in the first meeting, and he's been really hot as of late, scoring nine touchdowns in the last six games. Do you, do you feel that Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, will, will use a similar game plan as he did earlier in the season, looking to expose the Raiders' 21st-ranked run defense with a healthy dose of uh, Austin Eckler? Yeah, I, I think uh, you, you know you've been paying attention. You you nailed it. Uh, you know Austin has been really good this year. He has been very productive. All his all his touchdowns have come in the red zone. So they get down there. You know they like to go to him, and they they've been real uh, early on this season. They told us repeatedly that one of the keys down in the red zone is you've got to be able to run the ball. And that's something this team has struggled with at times. This franchise has struggled with at times. Well, they've done that this year. I mean, they they get down in that red zone and they go, they look to get the ball to Eckler any way possible. So yeah, I, I think they'll, they'll you know they'll try to attack it that way. Uh, he, you know, he's been uh, he's very um, elusive in the open field. He can run around people. He can run over some people for his size. He's a very strong strong runner and probably pound for pound the strongest player in the team. That's what they always tell us. At least the players say that, and, uh, you know, so yeah, I, I think um, he, he could prove vital in this game. And if he, uh, when they need, you know, plays down deep down there, they're going to go to him either running the ball or, or try to get him coming out of the backfield. He's very effective as a receiver. So yeah, you, I think you are right. They, I think you're going to see that uh, if at all possible, they, they will try to go with, go that way unless, you know, the Raiders just somehow completely take Eckler away, but nobody's been able to do that so far. Yeah, absolutely. He's very effective in the passing game. He leads all running backs right now in the NFL with receiving yards with 612 yards. Uh, on the season. What about Corey Lindsley? I, I know that he left last week's game in the first quarter. Uh, he's dealing with a back issue, and uh, I know Staley was expecting him to be out there practicing on Wednesday, but that was not the case. Do, do you expect this injury could be something that could potentially maybe keep him out this week? Uh, you know, I do. I, uh, I mean, I was surprised, actually, on Monday when Staley kind of talked about him, like, oh, he's going to be okay. He'll be out there. 
and then today he wasn't out there. Um, he did not look good. <laughs> Let's be honest. Okay. After he came off that field on Sunday against the Broncos and did not look good at all. He was moving very gingerly and, and you know how it is. Uh, anybody who follows sports, when these big guys get back problems, it can be a real issue. So I, I, I would, I would not be shocked if he has a tough time making, uh, getting to the starting line of this game. Now, who knows? He's, He's been around a long time, and he, he there's no question about how, how tough of a player he is. But it's it's a back, you know, and, and those things those things can be really tricky. And I think Chargers have to be careful here because as important as this game is, and as much as he's going to want to be out there, you know, you put him back out there again, and he, if he re-aggravates it or something, which I, I think they're going to – they've been really reluctant, you know, this year with Staley here to, to push any of these guys – um, if, if, you're, if it's ever going to happen, I guess this is the game to do it, right? Where the playoffs are on the line. Um, but I, I, I would not be shocked if he is very limited this week in practice, and you know they may give it a go on Sunday. But it, it, I wouldn't be surprised me that uh, if he's if he's either not able to play or is, or is limited in what he can do out there. You know, there's there's a lot on the line uh, in this game for for Raiders interim head coach Rich Bisaccia. Uh, and some would say there's a lot of pressure on Derek Carr as well. But for the Chargers, their second-year quarterback, Justin Herbert, he's looking to solidify himself as one of the top quarterbacks in this league. And, and this is by far the biggest game of his young career. So how do you think he will respond as he looks to lead his team to the playoffs for the first time? Yeah, you know, I, look, I think he's going to play well. He's, these primetime games, he's, always, he's played well. His stats are great. I think he's had five primetime starts 14 touchdowns two interceptions he's throwing for over 280 yards a game on average he, he's been really good you know he had the you know the game-winning touchdown uh, over there um last weekend or last last season rather in a, a prime time game he i would be very surprised if he doesn't play well because he's played well in these spots and um you know he's played well against the raiders so i i would i would think he'll he'll be it doesn't seem to bother him you know, he, uh, the, the spotlight, all that stuff, he seems to rise to it. So I would think, um, you know, he, it looks like they're other than Lindsley. I mean, they're, they're pretty healthy on offense. And so he's going to have his weapons, have his guys. Um, so I, I think he's going to go into that game real confident and I, I would expect him to play, to play well, because that, that's all he's done in these spots so far. We're chatting with uh, Chargers beat writer Jeff Miller from the L.A. Times. Um, you know, as I was prepping for our discussion, I, I saw a stat out there uh, that Week 17 was the first time since Week 1 that the Chargers secondary was at full strength. That, that's pretty amazing to me. I didn't realize how, how banged up the secondary had been throughout the season. But how important is, is it uh, for Brandon Staley and what he wants to do on defense to have that secondary uh, fully intact? Oh, it's enormous. The, you know, what it does, Evan, is it really, when they're all out there, if, if if nothing else, it allows Staley to use Derwin James however he wants. And he wants to use Derwin James every way possible. And anybody, any coach would, this guy's so good. So if if you take out everything else and just, you know, having all their guys and everybody being familiar with the system and all this other stuff, if you just have an element in your game where now you can unleash Derwin James all over the field, and you'll see it in this game. And anyone who hasn't hasn't seen much Charger game, many Charger games, watch. You know, they'll he'll line up the deepest part of the field on one play, and then he's at the line of scrimmage the next play, 
you know, rushing the quarterback. And that's what they want to do. And that's when they're going to be most effective. And we saw last week against the Broncos, they, you know, they were all together again for the first time, you know, like you said, since the beginning of the season, really. And uh, it, it makes a huge difference. Now, Denver is beat up, had a bunch of COVID issues themselves, and they, you know, Drew Locke is your quarterback. So let's not get too crazy about what, you know, what, you know how it looks. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, yeah. You know, um, the Raiders are going to be a little more of a challenge in that regard. But I think there's no question that having all those guys back and being able to use Derwin the way they want to use him, which is any way possible, is, is a huge advantage. And this defense gets way, way better when he's out there. Yeah, he's a he's a chess piece for them, and they can move him all over the place. And he's a he's a heck of a player for sure. He's going to make a major impact. Totally. This game. Yeah. Well, last one I have for you before I let you run. You know, you've covered the, you covered the Chargers all season long. It all comes down to this game for both of these teams in order to get into the playoffs. Could you pinpoint one of the of your biggest keys to the game for the Chargers for them to win? Oh boy, the biggest thing, you know, it's, it's been funny. I've had a really hard time nailing these games and the, how this team's going to play um, and just how these games are going to turn out. So uh, I think, you know, for this team, I, you know, I know that the, the Raiders have not been good with turnovers, right? And the Chargers have been okay. Um, and I think with all that defense back, that this could be a game that comes down uh, to those turnovers. Like and it, it's an old, boring football cliche, but it is true. And, and this game, you know, it, it basically is a playoff game. And how many of these playoff games you see a team has one or two turnovers, the other team takes care of the ball, and that's that's the difference. It, 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 that, you know, leads to a touchdown or an extra field goal, whatever, and that's the difference. So I, I think it's going to, you know, it'll come down probably if the Chargers can can get the ball, can, you know, they all talk about we got to get the ball to 10, you know, Justin Herbert. And the more chances we give him, the better off we're going to be. So if I had to pick one thing, I would say – that you know the Chargers can can get turnovers in this game, can get Herbert a couple extra chances. That's going to greatly increase in, increase their uh, you know the, you know their ability to win this game. So I, I let's just go with that. It's boring and it's an old football you know thing, and nobody you know. I wish I could have come up with something that's more creative and more uh, really interesting. And wow, no one ever thought about that. But that would be the one thing I would say that. Uh, if this team can do that, they should be in good shape. No, absolutely. I think I think you're I think you're you're onto something because the Raiders they're they're thirty thirty uh, first in the league in takeaways with only thirteen. It's not something that they do a very good job of. So you're right. It could be a very critical point in this game if whatever team can you know force an extra turnover to get the ball back to their offense. That could be a very critical uh, part in the game. But thank you very much, Jeff Miller, L.A. Times beat writer for the Chargers. Thank you much, uh, so much for the time and your insight this evening. Enjoy the game on Sunday. I think it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun one. No, it should be. I, I can't imagine not being a great game and coming down to the end and probably somebody doing something in the last minute of the game to and maybe even in overtime to decide it. So it should be fun. I appreciate the time and appreciate you having me on. All right, so that was Jeff Miller, L.A. Times beat writer for the Chargers, and I, I think. For me, what I really am taking away from that interview, number there's two things, two points. Uh, the Corey Lindsley one, I think that's 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 a big deal for this game because he is their center. We know the center position is very very important. They make a lot of the calls along the offensive line, and when he left the game last week against the Broncos, they struggled to run the ball. So he's a big part of that offensive line. Keep an eye on his status throughout the week, whether or not he gets a practice in. You heard Jeff say he looked terrible coming out of that game. So definitely a big storyline to follow here. And then the second thing is, 
Derwin James. They have the secondary back. They're fully healthy. It was the first time, week 17 was the first time they've had that group back. I read articles from, um, from, um, uh, Brandon Staley quotes from from interviews with him and, and how he was able to finally do the things that he's been wanting to do with this defense with that secondary intact. And and as Jeff told us, Derwin James is a huge part of that. He's a chess piece. They move him all over, nickel, uh, you know, slot corner, uh, back deep at safety, close to the line of scrimmage. It's kind of like a, a linebacker hybrid. So they love to move him around and and. and Again, he's very versatile, and and um, keep an eye on him. He's gonna he's gonna be an impact player in this game. So those are my two big takeaways from our discussion with Jeff Miller. That is gonna do it though for this week's episode of Just Pod Baby. I want to thank everyone out there for tuning in again this week. Uh, plan on hearing from me again next week. Win or lose. Uh, you're going to have a um, either a playoff preview uh, game uh, show with me or we'll kind of put a bow on the 2021 season. But either way, you will hear from me next week. Until the next time, I am your host, Evan Grow. Everyone out there, I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the game on Sunday night. And as always, just win, baby.